Amen. I invite you this morning to stand for the reading of God's Word. Our reading comes from the 12th chapter of Paul's letter to the Corinthians and 1 Corinthians. St. Paul writes, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between the Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. He distributes them, them to each one just as he determines. Here is the reading of God's word. Lord, we do thank you and we praise you for your word today. I pray that you would open our ears to hear your word, but more than just our ears, uh, our hearts and our minds. Lord, that we wouldn't only be hearers of the word, but also doers of the word. That as your word works in us through the power of your Holy Spirit, that we would be transformed into your servants. Uh, who are together in this church for the purpose of the mission to which you've called us as a church. So Lord, we just simply acknowledge that we need you today. We need you in this place. We need you in our lives. We need you, Lord. And we thank you that you are gracious to come to us and to do a work in us. It's in Jesus' name we pray and all of God's children say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're in the middle of a, not in the middle, we actually stopped the sermon series for the season of Christmas beginning with, with Advent. We had a special series during Advent, uh, but we're now back to our series through the book of 1 Corinthians. And the title of the series is A Messy Church. And we all know if, if we've been in church for any amount of time, especially if we've grown up in church, that churches can be messy places. And the reason churches are messy places is because we are all fallen. We all have a sinful nature. And because we have a sinful nature, because we're all sinners, uh, the church becomes a messy place. And that's why I'm grateful that we have a perfect Savior. A Savior who's perfect in every way. And He loves you. And He loves His church. The Corinthian church was a messy church. They struggled. They struggled. And so Paul wrote to the Corinthians, uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote the truth of God's word to the Corinthians so that he would be able to help them through their messy situation as a church in the ancient city of Corinth. And this letter is within, within scripture is for us also. 
Uh, The Holy Spirit has a message for us, too. And today, the message has to do with spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. And the title of the sermon is, Congratulations, You're Gifted. And that's true. Each and every one of you are gifted. You might say, no, Pastor, no, I'm not gifted. But yes, you are. You are gifted just because you're, you're not up front doing things that people do uh, up front with, with music or with public speaking. You're still gifted. And you have a place within this church in which you can use your gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 1, the Apostle Paul wrote, Now about the gifts, that is the spiritual gifts, or the gifts of the Spirit, he says, Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. My goal today in preaching this message is that you would not be uninformed about spiritual gifts. But that you would have a little understanding today of the importance of spiritual gifts within the life of the church. Now there are things that we all share in common as those who trust in Jesus. One thing that we all share in common is we have all been given the Spirit. We all have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. So you have the Holy Spirit within you. I have the Holy Spirit within me. Who is the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit a feeling, an emotion, an intuition? No, the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit is a person, the third person of the Holy Trinity. We believe that there is one God eternally existing in three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So you have the third person of the Holy Trinity dwelling in you. Jesus says he will be with you uh, in, uh, in life and, and in this world. So as Christians, our broken relationship with God has been mended. And once our broken relationship with, with God is mended through faith in Jesus, what Jesus did upon the cross for us, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us and the Holy Spirit empowers us. So you actually have the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, working within you for a purpose and for a mission. Before Jesus went to the cross, he promised the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I am sending you another helper. I am sending you another helper. And he said, it is the Holy Spirit who will be with us and live in us. So you have the Holy Spirit in you, and you have the Holy Spirit empowering you today. So we all share in common the gift of the second person of the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit, who dwells within us and empowers us. He empowers us for a purpose. He empowers us for mission. And so it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we all together, as believers in Jesus Christ, confess Jesus as Lord, and we have him as our Savior. So we all share in the Spirit. And from the Holy Spirit comes our unity in the church. So we are united in the power of the Holy Spirit around our Savior Jesus Christ. So you have the Holy Spirit who empowers you, and it's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who unites us together. 
And he also calls us to one mission. So the Holy Spirit empowers us, the Holy Spirit unifies us, and the Holy Spirit calls all of us into mission. So this is what we share in common. But the Holy Spirit has not given us the same function. The Holy Spirit has not called us to the same task or to the same job within the church. Each and every one of you have been given gifts in which we are to use together as a body for the purpose of Jesus' mission within the world. So we share in common many things which unite us, but there is also a diversity in the way we function and in the way we serve within the church. So I want, to, I want you to think of an orchestra. Not all the same people in the orchestra play the same instrument, but they all share the same mission of making beautiful music. Think of a sports team on the field. Not all the players have the same function. But together they share in one common mission of winning the game. Think of an army. Not all of the soldiers or airmen or sailors or marines have the same job. But they all share in the same mission together. So it is within the church. Each and every one of you, you have a, a, a gift, a, a supernatural gift from God, a, an ability from the Holy Spirit to serve the body of Christ so that the body of Christ can be built up and so that we can all share together in that one common mission in unity. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of servants, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone it is the same God at work. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? The common good. There is one Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, who gives a diversity of gifts for the purpose of mission and service within the church and within the world. So the Apostle Paul in verse 7 says, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The common good. The Greek word for common good is the word sympharo. Sympharo. What word in English do you think we get from symphara? The word symphony. Symphony. Isn't that beautiful? So these, uh, the Spirit has given these gifts for the common good. So that we would function as a symphony, bringing glory and honor to God in our mission to the world. So one of my goals this morning is to share the basics of spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be uninformed. 
we're going to do a little investigative reporting on spiritual gifts. An investigative reporter will attempt to answer the who, what, when, where, why, and how. So we're going to do a little of that this morning. So number one, who are the spiritual gifts for? Who are the spiritual gifts for? Well, the spiritual gifts are for Christians. They are for Christians. Those who are not converted by the power of the Holy Spirit do not have these gifts. They do not have these God-given abilities. Because it's only those who have been converted by the power of the Holy Spirit that have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. These are supernatural abilities given by the Spirit for the building up of the body of Christ. They are not natural talents or skills. This is supernatural, Spirit-given, empowered ability to serve the Lord, to bring glory to Him, and to further the mission of the church. Now, you can bring a dynamite natural talent into church service. You can bring an amazing public speaker, an incredible leader, into the church. And that leader can even begin a movement. But that doesn't mean that it's spirit empowered, and it doesn't mean that it will bring glory and honor to God. So even if you have the most talented, charismatic preacher, the most talented and charismatic music leader, that does not equal spirit-empowered service. Paul didn't depend upon his natural gifting to bring the message of the gospel around the world. Let, remind, let me remind you of what Paul wrote in chapter 2 uh, of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 2, 3 through 5. Listen to how Paul came to the Corinthians. He says, I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. He says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. Paul didn't use the talent and the influence of society or of the world to accomplish his mission, but he came with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. He says, so that your faith, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. You see, Paul's intention in exercising his gifts as a missionary and a preacher wasn't to draw attention to himself so that everybody would point at Paul and say, what an amazing man Paul is. His goal was to bring glory and honor to Jesus alone. As soon as a church depends on human talent instead of spirit-empowered, ordinary people, it ceases to have true impact. Certainly effective leaders can start a movement, attract a crowd, generate excitement and enthusiasm among a group. But look at all of the counterfeit heretical leaders throughout church history who swayed great audiences. 
Some of you may remember, I was, I'm too young to remember it on the news, but some of you may remember the Reverend Jim Jones, a charismatic, effective communicator. He had an exciting church filled with life and enthusiasm. He led a group of people that ultimately, do you know what he led them to do? Drink poison Kool-Aid. They all lay in the jungle, dead. Very talented, but he certainly wasn't led by the power of the Holy Spirit. He was led by Satan to destroy the lives of many people. So spiritual gifts are for Christians, ordinary people like you and I. People that the world looks at and says, you know, that, that, that group of people there in Maple Park, there's nothing really extraordinary about them. Ordinary people empowered with the Holy Spirit to accomplish the mission for which Christ has called us. So who are the spiritual gifts for? Well, the spiritual gifts are for Christians who are empowered to accomplish God-honoring mission in the church, in the community, and around the world. Number two, what? What are the spiritual gifts? Well, the spiritual gifts are many. The spiritual gifts are many. There is a, a diversity of gifts. We see them at work in the body of Christ as the church functions in unity for the common mission of bringing the gospel to the world. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another the interpretation of tongues all these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines there is a variety of gifts of supernatural empowerment given by the holy spirit for the purpose of building up the church. And this morning I don't have time to define each of the gifts for you. But certainly if you want a definition for what these gifts are and what they mean, I can get that for you. So there are many spiritual gifts. Then number two, where are the spiritual gifts to be used? In Jesus, well, they're to be used in Jesus' mission through the church. You see, Jesus has a plan. Jesus has a purpose. Jesus is on a mission. And the church, the assembly of believers in a particular location, is the vehicle through which the Holy Spirit desires to accomplish that mission. So God's desire is for him to accomplish his mission and his purpose in this community and around the world through us. 
And when a local assembly of people who claim to be the church fail to do what Jesus commanded us to do, really all they can create together is a mess. Churches be can become extremely, extremely inward focused, focused on, on what I want or what I desire rather than what Christ has commanded us to do. And when we become internally focused on what we want, it creates a mess. But when we are focused on what Jesus told us to be focused on, then we can bring glory and honor to him in the mission of the church. So these gifts are to be used in the local church for the purpose of the Great Commission. Some of you are gifted to teach. Some of you are gifted to lead. Some of you are gifted to serve. Some of you are gifted to sing. There's a variety of gifts, but the purpose is to bring glory and honor to him through furthering the mission of the gospel in the world. And what is that mission? Well, Jesus gave us that mission, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That is the mission of the church, to go and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus' mission for the church is that we would be a church going with good news to a lost world. So where are the spiritual gifts to be used in Jesus' mission through the church? And then number four, why are the gifts given? Well, we answered that question for Jesus' mission. But I believe, believe also for the benefit of the body of Christ. So that we would be built up together. Well, I've talked about our outreach mission. We are called as a church to reach out to a world that desperately needs the gospel. But we're also called into an inreach mission in which we aren't focused on ourselves, but in which we are focused on each other and helping each other within the church. Each and every one of us, we, we walk through life and we experience difficulty and hardship and pain as Christians. Many of the gifts are given to encourage you in the difficult journey that you're on right now in life. People within this church have been gifted in amazing ways to come alongside and to pray for hurting people, to encourage hurting people, to share the word with hurting people. So not only is, is, are the gifts given for the benefit of reaching the world, the gifts are also given for the benefit of us ministering to one another, encouraging one another in the body of Christ. Now here's the thing, church. If you don't use your spiritual gifts, two people miss out. 
If you've made the choice, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be a part of a church and I'm not going to exercise my spiritual gifts, two people miss out. First of all, you miss out on experiencing God using you in powerful ways. You miss out. Because the Holy Spirit does want to do a work in and through you to bless others. And then when you don't use your spiritual gifts, other people miss out. Here's the truth. We need you. We need you. We need your gift. We need your ability. We need your spirit-empowered service. Because that is an encouragement to us. It is something that builds, it up, builds us up. We need your gift of teaching so that we can be instructed in God's word and so that our faith can be built up in the truth of, of God's word. We need your service because there are a lot of projects that need to be done within the body of Christ. We need your voice to sing. We need your ability to organize and to administer and to do administration. We need you. We need you in the body of Christ. And I believe that when we fail to use our spiritual gifts, first you miss out, and then others miss out on the service that they desperately need from you. Paul, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 26 and 27, If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. And here it is. Each one of you is a part of of it. So you sitting here today are a part of this body. And this, this function of caring for one another was beautifully demonstrated on Monday night in Cincinnati. Not in a church, but on a football field. When DeMar Hamlin's heart stopped, we saw people jump into action. We saw people with the true heart, the care, stepping up to the plate either to work on DeMar Hamlin directly to administer CPR or simply to surround and to pray for him. What a powerful demonstration of what the body of Christ is to be in our world today. That's how the church should function. When one of us is in need, when one of us is hurting, we should all be there to come alongside, to support, to lift up. Not everybody in that stadium had the ability to treat him medically. Those with the gifts of giving medical treatment were there to do that for DeMar. It was only just a couple, a uh, handful of people, really, not very many. The EMS personnel and then the medical staff for the, the football teams, they were there to administer the medical treatment that was necessary. But it was like we were all there together, all in unity together, supporting, praying, and rooting for Damar Hamlin. That's the way the church is to function. Why are we concerned for Jesus' mission to our world? Why are we to be concerned about caring for other people? Why shouldn't I simply be concerned about myself, what I want? My needs, and certainly your needs, I don't want to minimize that, are important. But why should I be concerned about Jesus and his mission? Or the body of Christ, those that I 
fellowship with a church? Well, because that's God's plan. The local church is God's plan for accomplishing his mission for humanity. Who was Jesus? Jesus was God incarnate, God in human flesh. The baby in Bethlehem's manger was God incarnate, God dwelling among us. When Jesus was going about his ministry, preaching and healing and casting out demons, that was God incarnate, God in the flesh. When Jesus went to the cross to suffer for your sins and to rise again, that was God incarnate, God in the flesh for your benefit. What is the incarnational of God's presence in the world today? How is God made flesh in the world today? Now certainly we are not gods or God. We're broken human beings who've been redeemed. But yet through the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, we are the incarnational presence of God in this world. We are the ones who are filled with the Holy Spirit so that people can see Christ and experience Christ through us. That's why this world needs the Lord. They need God. People are hurting. In here, people are hurting out there. People are hurting in Asia. People are hurting in Africa. We exist not for ourselves. Certainly we receive benefits through the gospel, through our fellowship with each other, but that is not the sole purpose. Our purpose is also for the world, that the world would hear and know Jesus. And I believe that he is here today, not in big flashy ways, but by your humble and quiet service of others within our community. And I've come to experience these realities at Maple Park Church. Now I want to remind you that Maple Park isn't perfect. We'll never be perfect. We'll never be perfect. But I have seen people here at Maple Park step up to use their gifts and their abilities within the body of Christ. And it has been such a blessing to me. I have seen people give sacrificially to help others within the church. We have experienced people coming back to church after a long time or people coming to Christ for the first time. We are beginning to see signs of the Holy Spirit using our giftedness. Not in a big flash in the pan way, not with a big crowd and a lot of excitement and hoopla, but simple, little, spirit-empowered acts of service and love and generosity. It is just amazing. The mission is happening among us. And I, I see it as a slow and healthy growth. But I believe that that slow and healthy growth here at Maple Park will be exponential. And I believe that in the years to come, we will look back and we will see here at Maple Park something that only God could have done. And we will give praise and glory to Him 
not to the preacher, not to the leaders, not to the music people, not to anybody, but to God alone, because he is the one who is empowering us with the ability and the desire to reach this community, to reach this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and to see lives transformed here. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, we do give you thanks and we give you praise that you are a good God who has empowered us with various gifts by your Holy Spirit. Lord, I know that uh, this, this diversity of gifts, uh, oftentimes it can be confusing for us to figure out, well, how do I discover what my gift is? And Lord, I, I pray that, uh, that I would be able to teach on that truth. Uh, next week, I'm feeling glad that we would continue to talk about spiritual gifts and learn the, how do I discover what my gift is and how do I get involved. But in the meantime, Lord, this week, help us to be praying and seeking you uh, regarding finding out what our gifts are so that we then can be active in utilizing our gifts in the church. So, Lord, we need you to, to orchestrate all this, to bring all of this together by that one common spirit which you've given to us, to your glory and to your honor alone. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.